three, two, one. You ready? You're listening to the Real Pineapple Podcast Network. Good evening, everybody. Thank you so much for listening. This is the Real Pineapple. This is your humble host hunter here. Hope you're all having a great weekend so far. Um, I have a review for this new indie movie called Doctor Strange in the Multiverse of Madness. It's directed by this new indie director, Sam Raimi. Uh, it, of course, stars Benedict Cumberbatch, Elizabeth Olsen, um, oh my gosh, why am I blanking? Rachel McAdams, Benedict Wong, uh, uh, Zochi Gomez making her debut as America Chavez. So, okay. Um, I normally say, always say full spoilers um, uh, for, for, for most film, uh, eh, like half of the films that we review here. But because this is a special case, this is what I'm going to do. I'm going to go ahead and do kind of a non-spoiler review. I will give my grade and then I'm going to move into spoiler stuff because to really talk about things I like, I, I, I have to, I have to get into spoilers, but I don't want to just, you know, go bleh. So, all right. So jumping in here, uh, the movie starts off. Uh, so, okay. So to back up just a tiny bit. So Scott Derrickson, he was the one who directed the first Doctor Strange, him and Marvel. Um, he left uh, Multiverse of Madness due to creative differences. Uh, essentially saying he didn't want to make, you know, he didn't get to make the horror film he wanted to make. And so they bring in Sam Raimi, who of course hasn't directed anything, um, oh God, in about a decade. Um, so uh, it was crazy that they were actually able to get uh, Sam Raimi. And a lot of people, myself included, were like, okay, let's, you know, let's see what he's got. Is Sam Raimi going to be able to, uh, you know, go ahead and, and return to prominence? Because the last thing, uh, film he directed was Oz the Great and Powerful, which I think Oz the Great and Powerful is actually good. It becomes way less good after you've seen Wicked, but, uh, <laughs> but, but it's good. I think it's a good movie. And then, and then before that was Drag Me to Hell in 09 and Spider-Man 3 in 07. Seven. And look, I've I've reviewed Spider-Man 3. I am not a fan of it. There's a couple good parts in it. But what I was really curious to see is, is Sam Raimi, can his weirdness, can his, you know, horror aspects, can they work inside the, you know, confines of the MCU formula? And in short answer, uh, fuck yeah, they can. Oh my God, this movie. So, okay. Kevin Feige said back when, you know, they announced Disney Plus and they said they're going to start putting the MCU, you know, in TV show format. He did talk about the fact that we are leaning more into real world shit and really going to lean more in the horror. And when you think back to WandaVision where, you know, you see that image of dead vision. And I think that's an episode, episode three, I think, uh, where you see that the uh, jump scare uh, of Miss Minutes in the Loki finale, um, you know, the shot of John Walker and the Winter Soldier with the blood on his shield. Marvel has definitely been leaning more into these horror elements and this is really them blowing their wad uh, because there's a shocking amount of horror in this movie that really made me go, wow, I'm really impressed. But to go ahead and jump into the plot, so the movie uh, really jumps, uh, really kicks off running or, or you know hits the ground running. Uh, we're introduced immediately to um, um, to America Chavez, 
and uh, uh, Sochi Gomez is America Chavez, and she is running with a Doctor Strange uh, variant that is chasing her. And long story short, there's this incredibly disturbing looking monster. It almost looks like a, um, like if you made a monster out of a ribbon, uh, it's really creepy looking, but, um, she's, they're being chased by this monster who wants to go ahead and drain her for her power. And I won't get into a whole thing with America Chavez, but long story short, what you need to know is that she has the capability, her big power is that she can just walk through, uh, different dimensions, uh, she doesn't need a spell or anything. She can just walk through them. And so this this Doctor Strange, in his last gasp, his last, you know, as he's dying, goes ahead and helps send her to our world. And as that happens, our Stephen Strange, played by Benedict Cumberbatch, of course, uh, wakes up in his bed like, holy shit, what a fucking nightmare. And... So, in regards to the movie, I would definitely say you need to watch WandaVision before you watch this. I think if you watch Loki too, I would definitely say watch both of those. I know some people were saying you need to watch What If too, and no, you, you, you don't. You don't need to watch What If. Uh, full disclosure, I have not finished What If. Um, I just, I, I got into it, and I'll be real, the T'Challa Star-Lord stuff, I thought fucking ruled and of course the captain carter stuff but i just i don't know it just didn't grab my interest in a way that um really the other mcu shows have but i digress so something that i do love about this movie is that they definitely build on um on endgame and and, and on doctor strange and and what i mean by that is one of the things I love about these MCU, the, about the MCU really in general, is, you know, when you see someone like a Captain America, when you see someone like a, you know, like a Hawkeye, because they've gone through so much, they've gone through at least a Avengers film, you get to see how their moveset evolves, how their powers evolve, how their gadgets evolve. And, you know, in the first Doctor Strange, you know, that was back in, oh gosh, what, 26, that was 2016. Back then, with that film, uh, it was almost like, Steven was doing like almost like drunken style like he was almost like getting lucky as far as you know falling into the magic he was able to you know to to do it was more about him surviving not about him actually you know being more offensive he's more of a defensive uh sorcerer I would say in this case he really does have a firm grasp of his powers and he's he's showing out quite a bit because the first initial big fight scene we get is after he has gone ahead and shown up at Christine's wedding. Christine, of course, played by the lovely Rachel McAdams, who gets more to do in this movie. And I'll definitely get to that in, in uh, the spoiler section. But she's getting married. Get married to a brother, which hell yeah, I cannot remember the brother's name. Uh, I'll just call him Lucky. That seems <laughs> that seems apropos. But yeah, he's marrying a black dude. Hell yeah. And something that I that I love is that Steven's clearly hurting. I mean, he he loves Christine, and this movie that was my biggest complaint about the first film is I wish there was more time to let Christine and Steven's relationship breathe as far as him caring about her. Because, you know, you go back and you watch, you know, First Avenger, you get that that uh, Peggy and Steve love each other. You go back and watch the first Iron Man, you totally understand that, you know, that uh, Pepper and Tony love each other. You go back and watch, you know, uh, the first Avengers, you get the... 
you get the level of friendship that Clint and uh, Natasha feel for each other. That is just missing in, in the first Doctor Strange. In this, it's way more prominent. It's way more fleshed out. And it makes this film better because of it. But they have this really quick um but this really cool talk where you know she gets married and he's you know he's just sitting there talking to her like congratulations he actually literally turns water to wine which i thought was such a cool little i was like oh steven you you crafty bastard but he gets right down to brass tacks and asks her like why didn't we work out and i remember her response reminded me so much of uh kristen bell talking to jason siegel in forgetting sarah marshall where and and, and I'm not saying that Christine is a bitch, but I remember watching for Gang Sir Marshall and you just go, man, Sir Marshall's kind of terrible. And but then when you find out why she left him about, you know, how I could no longer I couldn't drown with you any longer, you go, fuck, that's actually a very fair reason to leave someone. And Christine right here drops this knowledge going, you know, you always had to be the one holding the knife. I could always respect you for that, but I could never love you for it. And it's one of those things that when I heard it, I went, fuck, okay, that's, yeah, that's a completely valid reason to not want to be romantically linked with someone. And you even kind of see Steven is kind of taken taken back by it, but I think it in his heart of hearts, he gets it too. I will say for me, um, this movie in particular, the acting across the board is something that I just went, yeah, all, all these people were cast uh, so, so perfectly. And with Benedict Cumberbatch, especially coming off the power of, of the dog, which, uh, you know, I've I've talked about Will Smith, but God damn it, he should have won. If it, if it wasn't him, it should have been Garfield. It should have been Garfield, then him. But Nicolas Cage is in there too. Anyways, but Cumberbatch really does show out here in a way that I just went, yeah, this is why Ben Dick Cumberbatch is one of the best actors we have in the game. Um, I was so happy to see him get some more uh, development. Um, he go the way that he's introduced to uh, Amer uh, to America Chavez. He goes ahead and saves her uh, from this monster. Uh, called uh, Gar uh, Gargantos, but the the character design is clearly supposed to be uh, Shumagaroth, who they don't call Shumagaroth because that character is actually a Conan the Barbarian character. I can't remember who owns the rights to Conan, but it's not it's not Disney. So it, clever workaround. But what I I love about that fight scene in particular is that a it just shows that New York just can't get a break. Uh, two, it shows how not just Strange has evolved, but Benedict Wong being the Sorcerer Supreme, you get to see why he's the Sorcerer Supreme. Wong really is a badass in this movie for the action bits he gets, and I was really happy to see him get to uh, get some get some more shine. Um, the way they go ahead and defeat uh, Gargantos two is really brutal in that horror movie sort of way and there is this point where to become dr strange you know he of course has the cloak of levitation still uh steven is talking to christine and you know because he's still at the wedding and he jumps off this balcony and the cloak grabs him as he jumps down and it's it's very reminiscent of uh, iron man with the uh, bracelet in avengers where he's just free falling it's a really cool shot and something i was just like yep hell yeah give me more of that but um that goes ahead and oh god what else can i talk about without spoiling um 
Uh, so I mentioned America Chavez. She is getting the Sam Wilson, uh, Anthony Mackie treatment, uh, a la uh, Captain America Winter Soldier. He's not given, you know, a ton to do. The the scenes that she gets, the minutes that she gets in the film, she maximizes her time. Uh, when you find out what her origin is, uh, the character, by the way, has only been around in the comics for about a decade, which is why when I heard they were bringing her in, I went, oh, wow, hell yeah. You know, because they're doing the same thing with uh, Miss Marvel, uh, uh, Kamala Khan, you know, bringing in a not, you know, a character that hasn't been around that long, but giving him shine. I, I love seeing that. Her role in particular, yes, she is definitely a MacGuffin because, you know, her power being uh, taken is really one of the main, um, the main plot points. But we get to learn a little bit about her parents. We get to learn about where she comes from. We really learn at the end of the day, she's just, she's a scared fucking kid who has this power that it doesn't seem like she really wants at all but that she's able to go ahead and utilize but uh she's very uh she's very violent uh from the incredibles in that way where you know there are points where she's kind of called upon to use her powers and of course they're delaying it because she's you know freaking out and doesn't know what she's doing but when she gets her time to actually show out and shine and actually utilize her strength it it is a really cool moment that does feel earned uh for me um the the scene in uh in the trailer which okay you know what? i'm gonna segue real quick i have taught i've made no you know i have not hidden the fact that i love like 95 90 of what marvel puts out is usually like a b plus or above like that's their their floor you know the mcu kicks ass one thing i really wish they would do though give me a teaser trailer give me a trailer and just leave it alone. But there were so many, there's like two or three trailers with this or TV spots. I just, I do wish that Marvel would pull back on the marketing. Like I understand it's a hype machine. You gotta get people excited, but I wish they would just show less uh, or give, you know, give me less of an opportunity for, you know, things to get spoiled. I, I, Again, that's just me. Gripe. Anyways, moving on. Oh, gosh. What else can I talk about? There is a jump scare. Uh, there's a couple jump scares in this. And there are multiple very much, you know, Sam Raimi staples, whether it's, you know, these crazy camera shots, the way he kind of makes the, he makes the camera spin, uh, body dysmorphia in this from the horror aspect. Um, some, some shots of blood that actually are fear-inducing, like nightmare-inducing. I would strongly recommend that if you're a parent and you have a 11 11 year old like between 11 and 13 i would see this first like i rarely tell parents you know screen movies for your kids you know because the ratings are there for a reason but even though this is pg-13 i would really watch this first <laughs> before you, you watch it with your kids because this will hit streaming at some you know what probably july maybe late july but yeah this was just there are some jump scares and some some disturbing images in this i i, I would you know your kids better than i do obviously think about that and just think about how easily your, your kids get scared because if they get scared easily don't take them to see this shit uh but the horror elements all fucking work for me um yeah i think that's about all i can say without getting the spoilers so um the the film for me is a fan fucking tastic i rarely do this but i would say rewatch uh re not rewatching but watching this and rewatching no way home while i 
love Spider-Man. Spider-Man is my favorite, you know, my favorite comic book character ever. I've I've always said that. This is a better film for me. So I'd probably give Spider-Man a low fan-fucking-tastic. Because I did re-watch it, and I still love the hell out of that movie. But the Jamie Foxx humor... That just doesn't work for me. It does bug me more on a rewatch. So I, I would give it a low fan fucking tastic. But it's still a movie I fucking adore. Um, but this, from, from start to finish, this is just over two hours. It's like two hours, six minutes. Uh, the pacing was excellent. I was never bored. I was always engaged. And at points angry, at points cheering, at points mortified, at points... Uh, but always intrigued and I, I think those are just that's the mark of a fan-fucking-tastic film I was just having so much fun watching this as well. So yeah, uh, fan-fucking-tastic first movie uh, This movie rules. Okay now we're getting the spoilers. So I'm gonna take a sip of my water here So if you don't want to hear spoilers You've got a couple seconds. So here we go. Ah, it's good water. All right three two one all right so if you notice i have not mentioned the villain of this movie and if you go back and listen to the uh multiverse of madness uh our tra my our, our trailer breakdowns i said that look i thought that if she wasn't a villain she would be the main villain straight up um elizabeth olsen's wanda Ma uh, maximoff and here's the thing i love elizabeth olsen i, I whether it's wind river uh she's the best thing in that about that terrible old boy remake um ingrid goes west i think is one of the best comedies that's come out in the last decade i i think elizabeth olsen is brilliant uh, i think she i think her turn in wandavision um is inspired I, i'm just such a fan of her and to see where she's grown from uh age of ultron all the way to this point uh She's had such an incredibly fun arc, and I just love seeing her uh, grow. And to see her grow as an actress, like, I, I mean, she really is one of my favorite actresses, even just uh, even just independent uh, of the MCU. Um, you know, I mentioned Wind River, um, but I also completely forgot about Sorry for Your Loss, which I think she's great, uh, which she, I think she's uh, great in as well. And she's great in uh, I Saw the Light, too, with the... Uh, um, Tom Hiddleston, uh, who plays Hank Williams in that. I, I'm just, I'm such a fan. And she gives me, she gives me T-1000 vibes. Or, you know what, actually, never mind, let me walk that back. While, while she does give me T-1000 vibes, I think the, the, the vibes I get more from her is uh, Ava, Alicia Vikander's uh, Ava from Ex Machina. That's a vibe she really gives me where there's these points she's being very sweet and, 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 and very charming early on. Uh, we see in that, uh, if you remember from the first trailer, where she's talking to Stephen Strange and, you know, there's sheep walking around, there's, you know, they're in that meadow. And I remember telling my partner as I'm watching, uh, we're watching the movie, and I can't remember if I said it in the trailer, but I remember saying, I was like, look, you know, Scarlet Witch does fuck around for reality. Who's to say that that, you know, where they are is you know, isn't uh, the spot where you see later on in the trailer where you see all the red. And I remember telling that to my partner uh, and as we're watching it, she, we just looked at each other like, oh shit. And there is this moment where Steven's talking to her about the multiverse, asking her what she knows, and she drops America's name. And the way they play that scene out is perfect because she's, she smirks like, you didn't tell me your name, did you? And Steven goes, no. And 
the way that Wanda goes from sweet, oh, I don't know about the multiverse, to I'm going to go ahead and destroy everything around you in order to bring my kids back. It is horrifying. And she's in that mode really for the whole film. And this goes right back to one of the one of the big complaints. And I, I'm going to give him shit about this because I know, like, I've said this to him and he knows I'm going to give him shit regardless. Uh... Our friend, my friend Bradley, who's been on the podcast before, he, he, one of the, the, the big complaint he always has about WandaVision is, oh my God, she's not held responsible for what she did. Here's the thing. A, what the fuck are you going to do to kill the Scarlet Witch? Like, honestly, like, give me a fucking break. But two, two things can be right. And what I mean by that is, let's be real, that evil government asshole who worked for S.H.I.E.L.D., he definitely drove her to that insane amount of grief she felt that unlocked, uh, unlocked her power. Powers, let's keep in mind that she wasn't even aware she had. She had no idea she was powerful enough to, you know, enslave a town. So, you know, in in the same way that Bucky being brainwashed, you know, as the Winter Soldier, I have sympathy for them on that front. Here's the difference between Bucky and Wanda. Bucky acknowledges what he did is fucked up. Wanda thinks she's completely justified. Like, both things can be correct. And the thing that makes her story so tragic is that even throughout the film, at multiple points, Steven is telling her, like, what the fuck are you doing? Like, you know this is wrong. And she just doesn't care. There's this point where her and Wong uh, get separated and uh, and she's trying to basically go ahead and um, use the Darkhold to go ahead and you know, summon, uh, summon this creature, uh, essentially, they're in this temple, and Wong is, you know, even telling her, like, there's a version of you, there's a variant of you that is happy with your kids, isn't, isn't that knowledge enough for you to be happy, and she's like, no, and you're just like, god damn, bitch, like, like, it's, it gets to a point where the, not even the allowances, but the compromises that strange and Wong are both trying to make with her. They're like, look, we're trying to fucking help you out. And she's just not fucking having it. And it's it's depressing in the best way because Wanda is so, she has this tunnel vision of, I'm gonna get my boys back no matter fucking what, and I don't care what it costs. Uh, there is this point, <laughs> there is this point where she, um, where S- Steven is talking to her and, uh, and flat out says, you know, I, you know, I'll take you down. But <laughs> Scarlet, Scarlet Witch beats him to it and basically goes, look, I'm going to come for the girl. Um, phrasing. I, <laughs> I'm going to go, uh, you know, I'm coming to Comertage to go ahead and kidnap America. You know, you can hand her over nice and easy or we're going to go ahead and have a fucking, you know, have a fucking problem. Um, she flat out drops the line that I don't relish hurting anyone, but she's not a child. And the moment she dropped that line and went, this bitch is, uh, call, call Drake. She's so far gone because my fucking, actually, there's a 16 year old that's don't call Drake. Uh, <laughs> sorry, allegedly, but seeing, hearing her say that, I just went, fuck, why are you such a cold fucking bitch? Like, there is just a point where she's so callous and just so uh, unshakable 
in her mission, I went, you need to put her down. You need to kill her. But the thing is, that's what I love about her is because it, it feels like in the same way that No Way Home is pulling from One More Day, but clearly no, uh, clearly acknowledges the pitfalls and is able to avoid them because, you know, Marvel. This is drawing very heavily from House of M as far as Scarlet Witch being just this absolute force. It's crazy how this is a better version of the Phoenix Saga, which, I mean, is essentially the same fucking thing as House of M, but as far as, you know, the power bases and the women being being insane in it, but I love how Elizabeth Olsen just doesn't fucking care. There is a point where she goes ahead and tries to kidnap America from Comertage, and the amount of destruction she does, um, first off, that scene is fucking badass, because you get to see all these sorcerers you know, using the the yellow shields to go ahead and, and secure uh, secure Carmitage. And I mentioned it. I want to say in the trailer, uh, the trailer breakdown for this. But I really do love how Marvel is establishing the power bases as far as using the colors. Uh, you know, like uh, uh, you know Arthur from Moon Knight using purple. You know, his power shines purple just like Agatha's does. Scarlet Witch is using chaos magic. Magic. So hers is red. You know, Strange is you know a sorcerer. So his is orange. Like I, I really do like. It's a subtle thing, but it's a nice visual way to keep track of you know who's doing what. I really like that, but the way that Scarlet Witch fucks up Comartage is, it's damn near biblical. Um, the way, like, it's haunting the way he just, is just raining down bombs, essentially, on Comartage. You remember in Endgame when uh, Ant-Man looks up from the compound, he's like, oh my god, guys, we did it. And just Thanos just starts blowing up the fucking compound. That's what this felt like, but stretched out over like a six minute scene. She's showing no mercy in a way that, again, harkens back to House of M, where you just feel, as an audience member, you kind of almost have that internal dialogue within yourself of, is she too far gone to be saved? Because even I was like whispering over to my partner at a couple points going, I think they just need to kill her if they, if they can, which, you know, is so fucked up to hear myself say out loud, but kind of necessary for all the damage she's doing so moving on i've got to talk about this the illuminati marvel flout said the illuminati was going to be in here um uh yeah so we knew the illuminati is coming the big question was who's going to be in the illuminati so we get fucking um we get black bolt the same actor who played him in the humans tv show that her in this TV show, he 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 goes ahead and re um, revises his uh, revises his role here. I was shocked. I was like, really, Black Bolt? Okay, that's that's pretty cool. Uh, Anson uh, Anson Mont, by the way, um, he's great. It was really cool to see him actually being the comic accurate costume. Love seeing the comic accurate costume. So we get him. We get my future ex wife. We get Haley Atwell, which I was so happy to see. Haley Atwell get the suit up as Captain Carter. Um, that was so fucking cool. And she looks great in the suit. I mean, it's Haley Atwell. She looks great in everything. But seeing her with the with the uh uk shield just it was such a it was such a cool moment and it really made me really happy to see her get the chance to go ahead and actually be a captain carter i i, I really hope that's not the last time we we see her because 
she's she's fucking great so love seeing her we get uh charles xavier freaking charles xavier played of course by sir patrick stewart and so when he came on screen i started tearing up i cried i i, I won't even lie. i fucking cried i cry i cry all the time this definitely made me cry but cried so hard and when he comes on screen we get the white uh we get the white hover uh white hover chair which or the uh, yellow hover chair straight out of the animated series and and we get him in a green suit straight out of the animated series. And we get the X-Men, the animated series theme song play as he comes on screen. Such a cool moment. And everyone in my theater was like, oh shit. Like it was such a cool moment. And I'm I'm so happy. Whether no matter what happens. And, and look, and I'm, you know, here that's me knocking on wood. Patrick Stewart's what, 80, 81, 82? Like, like the, the, the man, the man should just be allowed to rest, to be honest. But you know what? He clearly loves acting. He clearly loves the craft and he loves his character. He even said that he'd be down to um, reprise his uh, uh, Charles Xavier again. If they can find an organic way to do it, fuck yeah, give me more. But love seeing him in this. And then, of course, we get uh, Shobel Edge of Four as a uh, 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 Mondu again. Um, rocking some, rocking some badass dreads too. I was just like, oh my god! I was like, that's, I was like, that's, that's fucking cool. Um, yeah, looks like, looks like an absolute badass. And then um, the big one, uh, or Mordo, pardon me. And then the big one, I think, uh, John Krasinski, fucking John Krasinski as Reed Richards of the Throw It Up Fantastic Four. I was that, my jaw was on the ground when I saw that. I was like, Krasinski? Really? No fucking way. I was shocked to see him in this. And even more shocked that they pulled the Ultimates costume fantastic four which by the way ultimate fantastic four uh not good but the costumes i think the costumes for most of the ultimate universe actually really work more than they don't but the the costume here in live action looks fucking great it makes me feel better about the uh, fantastic four movie we're gonna get and you know what actually i'll take the swing now i'll, I'll just i'll just say it now why not um here's my conspiracy theory or here's my guess John Watts stepping down from Fantastic Four, I don't think that's a coincidence because that was what, maybe three weeks ago? And now we get Doctor Strange coming out. I think John Krasinski is going to reprise his role as Reed Richards. And I think he's going to direct the Fantastic Four film. You heard it here first. I'm sticking by that. I think that's happening. Okay, so we've got the Illuminati all established. So what I love about this version of the Illuminati is that they, in their universe, Stephen Strange went ahead and went nuts, used the Darkhold and Black Bolt, as you know, if you know from the comics or even from the Inhuman show, which hopefully you don't because that show is terrible. Thanks, Scott Buck. Uh, but if you know anything about Black Bolt, he just has to whisper and go ahead and he can just reduce you to atoms because his voice is that powerful. You know, very, very Old Testament. And what I really appreciate about the Illuminati in this is that their arrogance, because in the comics, the Illuminati is you know, the, the multiple iterations are the smartest people in the Marvel Universe. And this group of people making up the Illuminati are incredibly arrogant for one big reason. 
they already defeated Doctor Strange. So because they've already done that, they went, oh, Scarlet Witch is just another witch. Like, what, you know, what the fuck does it matter? And this is very reminiscent again of the Rampage in House of M that Wanda goes on. I have... <sighs> okay, uh, you know, that's a spoiler for Never Show. Never mind. I... When Wanda starts killing the Illuminati, it's such a wonderful piece of horror where you just, like, the the movie just starts to rip your heart out in that scene more and more and more. The way she kills Black Bolt by, by covering his mouth, uh, pulling a X-Men Origins Wolverine <laughs> Deadpool with him, goes ahead and covers its mouth and then makes him scream so that he, bl he, his, he blows his brains out. I was like, holy shit, uh, her and Captain Carter actually get a little bit of a, I think she actually has the most fighting time against Captain Carter, uh, which was awesome because, you know, uh, Hilly Atwell. So, you know, Scarlet Witch makes some quip and then Captain Carter goes, I can do this all day, which immediate swoon, oh my God, Hilly Atwell, marry me. But then she gets killed with her own shield. Wanda puts the shield through her through her gut, like cuts her in half with her own shield, which I, I screamed. I won't even lie, I screamed. I was like, you bitch! Like I couldn't, I, I tried to cover my mouth in the theater. It made me so angry. I was like, why? So then that happened. She goes ahead and kills, um, uh, she goes ahead and kills, um, oh my gosh, uh, Lashana Lynch's Captain Marvel drops a statue on her, which I was like, that's fucked up. And I'll say that is like the weakest, I'll definitely say, of the kills. Uh, goes ahead and kills her that way, but then goes ahead and unravels Reed Richards, which that visual, uh, you only get like, uh, maybe a couple, a, a little quick blinking will miss it uh, of seeing him stretch. But from what I remember, I thought it looked good. I don't know if you can do that over full film. I don't know if the technology's there yet. So I think there's a reason they kind of were like, oh, let's test the waters. Uh, you know, like let's test the waters on this and let, let's see what the, you know, reception is. But I, I loved, loved the way that Wanda just goes through all these people. Um, the one that broke my heart the most, because I knew it had to happen, uh, Xavier goes ahead and goes into Wanda's mind, and he's talking to her very similar in the way that he's talking to Jean, uh, you know, in, in, in the original uh, X-Men films, or really the way he talks to her even in the animated series, and he goes ahead and is telling her, you know, like, like, oh my God, the dark hold is, you know, is, the dark hold is literally weighing you down. We see a, a physical representation in her psyche of dark hold being like rubble and, you know, her being trapped underneath it. And I'm sitting there going, oh my God, this is, this is, this is intense. And you see him reach out to her trying to pull, trying to go ahead and pull her out of the rubble and he can't do it. And then it cuts back to real time. And we see Wanda sneak behind Xavier and snap his neck. And I love that because that is a direct call back to the, uh, the Ultimates run in X-Men, where Magneto sneaks into the X-Mansion and snaps Xavier's neck, you know, and says, when I was on my way here, I knew this was destined to happen. And that, that broke my heart. I yelled at the screen <laughs> when that happened. And so the movie does a great job of really making you really hate Scarlet. Like there's a point where, you know, the, the, the empathy that you feel, at least for me, just evaporated. And I was just like, can someone take this bitch down? And the way that they go ahead and do take her down 
is really fucking cool. Uh, Steven having to go ahead and fight himself, fight the, you know, uh, the evil version of himself. Um, I, I absolutely love that fight because Steven uses another uh, version of the dark hole to go ahead and uh, I think they call it dreamwalking, uh, uh, dreamwalk and go ahead and fight Wanda. And I'm, I'm blown through a lot of this, uh, a lot more stuff I could really talk about, but to be honest, I'm I'm trying to keep it somewhat vague, even though it's it's a uh, it's full spoilers because I don't want to spoil every fucking thing. Uh, last couple things I will throw out though, um, Christine Palmer. I talked about how Rachel McAdams has more of a role in this. I really love that the version of her, the Earth eight three eight version, which is where Strange meets the Illuminati. I love that that version of her works at the Baxter Building. The reason why that's important is two reasons. One, of course, the Baxter building is where the Fantastic Four are based. Two, the other reason why it's important is, if you remember in and think back to Spider-Man Homecoming, there is the old Avengers Tower that someone bought. We don't know who bought it. I don't think it's Oscorp. I think it's the Baxter Building. You can go back to our view. I even said it's one of the two, but I would bet on the Baxter Building. I think that in this new Earth, or maybe even the Earth 616, we will be introduced to the Fantastic Four sooner than later. Um, I don't think we wait even for their film. I, I think we will see or get confirmation of that before we get to the Fantastic Four film. But that was such a cool callback. And I love how uh, Christine helped build uh, multiple parts of the tech for the Illuminati. Like they, they show how intelligent she really is. This version of her really is. Um, Getting to a couple more things I wanted to, to talk on. So I think that this is, this sets up so perfectly for Doctor Strange 3 because uh, we see Clea, uh, Clea uh, played by Charlize Theron, which, oh my God, Charlize Theron is in the fucking MCU. I cannot believe Charlize Theron is in the fucking MCU. But she goes ahead and uh, shows up in the mid credit scene and she goes ahead and says, oh yeah, you fuck things up. We need to go ahead and fix it. And basically, Here's why this is important. She is the niece of Dormammu, uh, Dormammu who Doctor Strange, you know, irritated the shit out of <laughs> in uh, in the first Doctor Strange uh, into breaking that time loop. They end up becoming Mr. and Mrs. Doctor Strange in the comics. Uh, she is the sorcerer, sorceress supreme of the... Uh, sorceress? Yeah, sorceress. Sorceress supreme of the Dark Dimension. So... I'm really excited to see how they continue to ramp up the magic. And in uh, in this, uh, at, at the end of the movie, we see that Doctor Strange has developed a third eye, and that's before he sees Clea, but, he, but he's developed a third eye because of using the Darkhold, which is a great callback to the comics because when uh, you, uh, the wearer of the Eye of Okamoto, whenever someone wears that, they go ahead and develop a third eye to see to see and peer into other dimensions. And of course, that's something that's been, you know, talked about and used in uh, religion for years as well. Um, I really like that there's a physical representation that he actually has a third eye now. And the actual ending of this movie, him fixing the watch uh, or his watch, uh, the one that Christine gave to him, which we find out in a really sweet, clever way that I really enjoyed. When we go ahead and see him actually fix his watch, it's such a cool physical representation of him deciding to move past Christine, 
move past, you know, try to move past his trauma and truly be the best version of himself he can be. I think that's fucking awesome. And I I cannot wait to see where this uh where this goes. I think the big thing that we have to talk about is how um, this clearly is setting up as the multiverse is starting to like really fold upon itself. I think we're t- the way this will tie in the Secret Wars will be very fascinating because keep in mind we're getting a Secret War uh, uh, or sorry Secret Invasion. Um, I'm very curious how this is going to tie in the Secret Invasion because as we know the Kree are known for pretending to be other people, so I'm really curious how that aspect is going to work. I think. I think Secret Wars is clearly where we're heading. I think it maybe it's Avengers Secret uh, Secret Wars, which oh my god, if the next Avengers film Secret Wars, actually I feel yeah yeah do do it Marvel do a Secret Wars film, but I think that's exactly where we're heading. And keep in mind, King the Conqueror. I, I think King the Conqueror, true King the Conqueror, is debuting in um, Ant Man and the Wasp: Quantum Mania. So the multiverse starting to implode itself and fold upon itself. That fits in perfectly for King and the Conqueror. So I'm really excited to see where this is going. But as I mentioned earlier, this is a fan-fucking-tastic of the highest degree. If you have not seen this, uh, see it. Um, yeah, I can't wait to go see this again. I can't wait to go see this again in 3D. But Multiverse of Madness, everyone. What did you think of it? Uh, where do you think we're heading in the MCU next? I'd love to get people's thoughts. Uh, let us know in the comments. You can follow yours truly on the Twitter at jhunterrealpineapple. You can follow Scott on Twitter at nearmanthefirst. Don't forget to like, share, and subscribe. You can find us most places you listen to podcasts. Uh, Apple, Google Podcasts, Podbean, Stitcher, iHeartRadio, Spotify, Amazon Music, Tune Up, to name a few at The Real Pineapple. And don't forget to like both our pages on Facebook at The Real pineapple and real pineapple games um thank you so much for listening everyone this upcoming week we'll have reviews for moon Knight as well as for my best of for 2021 and uh we will finally have uh this weekend uh just because uh really nothing coming out that i'm super enthused to see so i think i'm gonna take a review something else but we'll have a review uh we'll have our first edition of the daily uh sorry the daily the weekly slice which is going to be our uh new news show that we're going to do here once a week so i'm really excited to get into that but everyone thank you so much for listening thank you so much for your support go get your booster wear your mask stay safe out there tell everyone that you tell someone that you love them we all need to hear that more and speaking of telling people you love them mom i love you to all the moms out there Happy Mother's Day. Stay safe out there, everyone, and we'll talk to you soon.